to Tales from the Orca, a film podcast starring T-Panda and the BFG. I'm T-Panda, and with me, as always, is the BFG. Brian, how you doing? Joey, I'm doing fantastic, man. It's been a while since uh, since we recorded a little bit, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I was a little nervous before we did the intro just then. I was like, oh, we haven't done this in a while. <laughs> what do I say? <laughs> uh, me, me, me. I had to drink my water and clear my throat. Um, so, we got a new recording setup here, so hopefully the quality is a little bit better. Um yeah, you, you're, you're the guy that knows all about that stuff, man. Yeah, and I wish I knew more. I should not have showed up late to my sound recording <laughs> class in college. I was a film major, and I showed up late every day to my my sound recording class. So not, much not so all that, that interesting? Well, I just nah, I just wasn't that excited about it, and um, the teacher just went on and on and on. And I, it was early in the morning. It was so bad, though, that my, my classmates had a running pool as to what time I would show up. Yeah, so there was, that is bad. They would have a bet every time. Small but, class. Yeah, and it's probably... <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I just uh, I would have like it was like the one class that I really needed to go to because I knew everything about like how cameras worked and stuff, yeah. but did not know anything about sound. And everything I do now is more involved with sound than it is with with uh, with you know image. So yeah, that makes sense. Speaking of speaking of, I got to ask you a question about uh, last night. You saw Karma Karma in full force last night. Oh man. So I'm a DJ here in Wilmington, North Carolina, and I play club gigs on the weekends usually. And people are annoying with their requests. And this girl came up to me last night and was like, my dance floor is packed. And this girl came up and said, and you didn't play my request because it's my birthday. And I was like, uh, what do you want? And she told me, and it was something I was not going to play. And I was like, I can't play that. I've got a dance floor full of people dancing to Post Malone. Right. We're not going to play this thing that's off the wall. And well, it's my birthday. I was like, well, these people don't care. It's your birthday here. And she got all, oh, oh. Yeah, just because it's your birthday doesn't mean that you get yeah. shit like that. I said, people yeah. have birthdays every day. You know, mm-hmm. I was nice at first, but she right off the bat was being rude. And then her friend came up and bothered me about it again. And I was like, look, I'm not going to do that. Go somewhere that has a jukebox. Yeah. And then they came back up again and the girl put her finger in my face, flicked me off and said, fuck off. And... Uh, you know, I was just like, you need to tell your friend to leave me alone. And they went back into the, they turned around and went back into the crowd. And the next thing I knew, the girl with the birthday was getting drinks thrown on her. And a crowd of people, like 20 people, were like pushing and shoving and eventually punching her. Nice. And she got her ass beat in the club. That's fantastic. And I wouldn't wish that on people, but it was a little moment of karma there that I was like, okay, well, happy birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday indeed. She was okay, but she got thrown out. What was she like, 21, 22? No, she was older than that. She was probably 25 or something. Okay. So, still still young enough to be that be that person she's probably one of these people that does three months for her birthday and it's yeah like the two the month of heading it behind it you know yep, yep. Uh, i'm not one of those people yeah i hate my birthday we have a cool party for my birthday every year but i don't i other I, the only reason i do that is because so that other people can have like yeah. i can have fun with other I, people. I just I enjoy really i'm like hey y'all come birthday. out let's let's have a good time i'm not yeah i don't need a whole lot of pomp and circumstance it, but yep. um 
Well, I'm trying to think. Uh, the last time I think I saw you was uh, the day we went to go see it too, right? We did. We 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 went to brunch as we, we did often do on Sundays, and then we decided to catch a matinee of it part two. Um, we so I don't think we've talked about it one on this podcast, right? Because, uh, I don't think so. No, yeah, I don't think it's come. Maybe it's come up at some point in time, but possibly. Anyway, it's my favorite. It by Stephen King is my favorite book in the world. Like hands down my favorite book. So I'm very attached to it. So this whole this whole new movie has been like difficult for me. Right. Because I want to judge it on its own merits, but I also it's 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 one of those things. I'm not the guy, I really am not the guy that's like, well, the book's better than the movie, but this one is really hard for me to detach myself right. from the connection I have to it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. What did you think about what did you think about it? I, I really liked both in their own regard. I, as someone who recently just finished the book. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it, it's hard for me to, to separate the two. Yeah. And I mean, the book is just on a whole other level that the, mm-hmm. that the movies can never be just because there's so much. Yeah. Like, there's so many things in the, in that book that are just almost like unfilmable in, in, in respects. Um, yeah. But some of the creepy things in it, perhaps wouldn't translate to film right. very well. Like the so. one that, the one that really stood out was like there's a there's a scene in the book where Mike is like he's out in a field and there's like a giant uh was it like a giant bird that's giant coming after bird. him? He yeah. often sees this bird right. as like his motif throughout <clears throat> yeah. the thing. So. And uh and that was like very early on and I feel like you know it, the way that they made the movie makes it more tight and compact and, you know, makes for a good story and all that kind of stuff. Uh, the Pennywise is like playing on his fears of fire and, you know, his parents and things like that. Um, but, but I felt like, you know, that was a really much better scene or much better part in the book where I was like, okay, this, this, this is way more frightening, Mm -hmm. but then it, it plays out. So, I mean, like, I feel like some of the book stuff is way more frightening and like it, cause you, you're almost, you can't see it. So it's a more imaginative mm-hmm. in that regard. Um, but the, the movies I felt did, uh, did justice and especially compared to the, the nineties, uh, TV miniseries that they did. Um, yeah. The nineties miniseries, the children's part of it, the, the, the 1950s part of it is very right. well done. And I, agree. I think if the second half of it was as good as the first and the casting was right, then it, it would have been, it would be a better film, right. obviously. And I, I will say hands down, uh, they, they, they've casted part two impeccably. Um, everybody fit their kid in that sense. Yeah. The, 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 the adults look just yeah, the like adults the kids. Ju- look just like ben the kids. This. And even, even yeah. Ben, uh, you know, yeah. he's supposed to be more muscular and fit and things like that, but still had like facial features that matched, uh, the kid. That Both played he and him. the kid had these like kind of reptilian eyes. Yeah. It's like, yeah. That it's it's an odd look and that they match it. Um, the two things that like bother me about they, I feel like the director misses some of the themes of the book mm-hmm. really heavy mm-hmm. that he could have like incorporated. And one of them is like the whole book is really about child abuse and neglect and right. how like societies neglect their children. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, like people having fears as children versus the fears that you have as adults. Right. And they don't really delve into that too much. Like there's in the book more so that it has kind of haunted the whole town. Right. And, and the, the town itself just kind of turns a blind eye uh, to, to these things, to these things where it's like, you never really get a sense of that in the movies. No. Um, you know, maybe snippets here and there, like, um, like the doctor, the, the pharmacy guy. Um, yeah. You know, right. You know, like, Mr. Keen. Yeah. He, he, uh, he, he's very much, almost like an extension of it. Yeah. In, in a way. Sinister in this way. Yeah. 
the other thing that it doesn't do that the book is so brilliant and it's like <laughs> that Pennywise is such a fantastic character, like the ultimate horror character, because it, it, it the the character of it becomes whatever you're f- most afraid of. Right. That's why Mike sees it as a bird in mm-hmm. the book because he's like terrified of birds for some reason, and it, you know it's, it's not some little tiny bird; it's right, a right, giant right. bird. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, and then there's this huge theme in the book of like the the Universal horror movie monsters. Right. That's something that scared kids at the time, and so like a lot of them see it as the werewolf or mm-hmm. whatever, and he becomes these he's a shapeshifter so it becomes these different things and he kind of does that in that but it doesn't like it doesn't play on that oh i'm becoming what this person is afraid of right you know because like that's like it's targets like the that's like the scariest thing like right. what is if it, something was someone was attacking you as the thing you're most scared most, of in most the world, afraid of yeah you know um, I don't know. I just think it misses the mark on some of that. But I think that they overall was I was expecting to be very disappointed in the second part, and I think they did a very good job with it. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the effects are a little hokey. Yeah. That director insists on using the effects he used in Mama. I guess his first. I didn't big see film. that. One. Mama was like his. That's his okay. claim to fame. That okay. Got into this, and it's sort of about this twisted creature thing that has this weird Picasso look to it. Right. And he kind of doubles down on all that in this. The other thing I get like, not to be negative, because I really did like the movie more than I sound like. I did. Right, right, right. Um, I did not hate it. I thought I would hate it. And uh, I think I liked it better than the first one, mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know why every modern horror film, for every modern horror director has to hit us over the head with the fact that they've seen a bunch of horror movies. Yeah. Like there is nothing like be original and like in this, there's five million references to other horror films. You know, I also feel like that's kind of like where we are culturally right now. It's like, we're very self self referential and that's where a lot of things are, um, kind of headed or have been that way for a long time. Uh, we can, we can think, uh, Seth MacFarlane and Family Guy for that because I feel like that's when things really became uh, yeah like it, it became cool to like reference things and other things more more so than like not so no, like an homage you yeah because you see like Woody Allen does very very awesome connections to like films from the 30s and 40s or uh, you know like a lot of like connections to Ingmar Bergman and, and things like that but that's super obscure type stuff where, I mean, it's almost like you said, it's like beating us over the head as in like, Hey, I've seen the shining. I'm like, yeah, no shit. Yeah. All right. Look how shining we are. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It's like, uh, okay. Like, I don't know. There was just, just a bunch of references and every time one happened, it kind of took me out of it, which right. is, I mean, I understand like the original book had the references to the thirties, you know, universal yeah, yeah. monsters and stuff, but it was done in a more subtle way. And I'm just like, I get tired of modern, modern horror directors are just like, look at how, like, do, see how much of a student I am of horror. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't care about that. Like it, n- no other genre do people do that. Mm-hmm. I feel like to that yeah. degree, to that, I mean, to I guess that, yeah. the argument would be, for quentin tarantino that he does it but that's just his thing it's not some like right tacked on thing I don't plus know, too i feel like it's me. more of an homage to like a collective type of film that tarantino does right yeah instead of like specific films yeah 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 or exactly. you know like characters like you know you can you can definitely pick out references that reference specific films right but he's not beating you over the head with it it's subtle it's he one doesn't of those... actually have jack nicholson show up as his character from the shining right in it which yeah, yeah. spoiler alert happens in it yep um but 
overall, I, I, the, the way that I think that the only way that that book could be done justice is if they did like a two season limited series on HBO or something. Because mm-hmm. there's so much of the book about um, it shows a lot of the stuff of the past of this town because this thing keeps coming back. Right. And there's these historical there's tragedies lot, that happen. Yeah. yeah that I mean, very they, go, interesting. they go really into that. And that's what I love about the book, too, is it goes into like the uh, the dairy coal works or the iron works uh, yeah. in, mm-hmm. in, in, in the book. And it goes into like the whole tragic history of all this kind of stuff. And I thought they might go there a little bit within the first one where um, Ben was like doing the research on on all that kind yeah. of stuff. And I thought that they might bring that, some of that in, uh, but they didn't do it as much as... Well, they're saving it for the prequel. Apparently, <laughs> they're doing a prequel on it, which really? I am... I did not hear yeah, that. They're, they're, they're like, we can do a prequel. So, I think they're saving it all for that, which so is... So, like, just, go back to like the 1800s with, with I guess, Pennywise? I don't know, but... No, thank you. The, the book is... You must like it from a history teacher standpoint because it is very much about history. It is, like yeah. It's about this town's history and these horrible things that happen and the way the town reacts to it or doesn't react to it right. in most situations. But it would be really cool to see um, if you did a mini miniseries, you could do that and you could have whole episodes that were just these flashbacks right. to these things that happened that paved the way. Also, the book structure narratively is that it alternates between the kids' time and the adults' time. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's very, uh, at first, it's very disorienting because right. like you don't really you, you don't, don't know get the whole story mm-hmm. but over time and it's supposed to mimic the way like human memory works because like these memories are coming back to them right and as you read it they kind of you it comes back to you at the same time and i thought that was something that they did pretty well where you know it's like as soon as they get back to dairy they start remembering all these things yeah and that goes back that goes back and like that goes back to like that childhood trauma mm-hmm. of you know like they experienced this trauma as kids and then did everything to either it's part of what it has as powers or or, um, you know, it's just, you know, that parallel of, you know, when you leave the town that you grew up in. Oh, it's a metaphor right. for repressing bad things oh, for sure. as a kid, you know, um, essentially. So, but if they did a series on it, they could, they could intercut the two storylines mm-hmm. together in a way yep. that would like allow it to be more of a mystery. Whereas I guess in the movie, if you did that, it would just be super disorienting. Yeah. It would take more time to do that. But anyway, uh, it was worth seeing. Uh, I, I kind of have to detach it and be like, this is a separate thing. It's like right. a separate movie altogether with some right. light references to the book. Um, it was actually really funny too. Like, there was a lot of funny stuff. A lot, a lot, of, lot of, a lot of, a lot of, I read this thing. It was like, it too is not, it, it's a passable horror film, but it's more of a rom-com. And yeah. I was like, it kind of is, kind of is that way. Yeah. I like that they shit on Stephen King's inability to write a thin ending. That was pretty funny. Like, they kept, they kept, a- shout out to cameo from Peter Bogdanovich, uh, one of my favorite directors. <laughs> yeah. he, he just shows up. I was like, holy shit, Peter, Peter Bogdanovich is in this film for no reason <laughs> yeah but that was yeah. good that's cool it was our first movie that we went to ever see together right? yeah yeah so it's yep. kind of cool to be able to like discuss it directly i, I still i still think that at some point we need to see uh midsummer uh oh we and, need to go just, do that and, and yeah i, w- I wish we it was well, not we playing do, anywhere is we, it we, no no no. we just need to like rent it and yeah. then just like live podcast the shit out of just that thing live, yeah. and just be like fuck this movie yeah, <laughs> yeah we should we should just do a running commentary <laughs> through the whole thing while we're watching it and you can we can sync it up with the movie so you can watch it like yep. the laugh track thing yep. or whatever those uh riff tracks or mm-hmm, whatever are mm-hmm. but um my girlfriend went to see it with us too and she did not like it at all but she's she was more so she doesn't like she didn't like it because of her attachment to the book. Right. But she came into the book because I like encouraged her to read it and right. she decided to read it. She's so attached to it. But mm-hmm. um, I think it stands on its own as a, as a horror film and it's, it's worth watching. Okay. So. Well, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, it, 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 you definitely have to watch the first one. 
Yeah. You, oh, you yeah. Can't, you can't you, like the first one. I feel like stands alone on its own. Like you don't need to see the second one. Yeah. But the second one, you definitely need to have seen. The They're going to do a super cut of them. I just wait and watch that if you haven't seen it yet. Yeah, um, that'd probably, probably be the best way to do that. Do it. it is a shame that the Stranger Things guys essentially Stranger Things was those guys went to whoever had the rights to it and said, "We want to make it. We love it, and we were passionate about it." And they got laughed at, and so they went and made Stranger Things, which is essentially their version well, of it. It pretty much is. And it kind of nails the themes a little bit better than I think it does. Mm-hmm. And also, I think the kids. It overall together in Stranger Things are so much more representative of the Losers Club than oh, the actual sure. Losers Club in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Just interesting. I agree. So, I would agree with that. Yeah. I, I do enjoy some Stranger Things. I could rant forever on this. Uh, <laughs> anyway, our topic for today was our by far the most difficult one we've done for me so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how to word this, but it, it essentially our topic was to our top five t- times that an actor went against type. Correct. Right? Mm-hmm. So, an actor that's known for a certain style of roles did something completely different and it worked out. Or didn't work out. I mean, right. whatever. It was just it, in the end, it's like something that spoke to us about an actor that broke out of what they're normally known for and did something different. Correct. Uh, all of mine are from modern films. Uh, one of mine is from the 60s. Okay. But and I was se- wondering, 70s, 70s. I, I, I struggled to get my five. My Four of them I feel very solid about. And the fifth one was like, I kind of just, just decided... Um, at the last minute, but I feel good about it too. But anyway, I did research on it after I thought about it on my own. I did some research on it and there's not very many of uh, historical actors. I mean, not historical, but there's not very many actors from like the fifties and sixties that were on the, any of these lists. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I did some research for this too. And you're looking at like, I mean, cause those, those people pretty much played the same, types of roles their entire career. And I guess we can chalk that up to the studio system. I would totally say that's up to the studio system. So, Um, you know, you might have like, you might have a few things where you might have like, you know, Cary Grant playing like serious dramatic roles, but then playing like some slapstick comedies and stuff like that. Yeah. But that's just more of like the entire Cary Grant persona. Like you get the good and the bad, but, or not the good and the bad, but like the, the serious and the funny and it's, but it's all Cary Grant. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Whereas, you know, like for the roles that I picked, uh, specifically, it's like they're known for that one thing. Mm-hmm. Like that's what they do. All right? right. And then just to go totally against something like that and then play something that you would never expect them to do that. Uh, that's, that's what we've, that's what we really kind of nailed down here. Yeah. <clears throat> or at least up to that point in their career. Like they might've, they might've continued to do those things as their career went on. Right. But like, this would be like that first, like, Oh wow. Like they can mm-hmm. do that too. Yep. <clears throat> So, uh, yeah, um, I got, I got just a couple honorable mentions, um, for, uh, for me with, um, I've, I've mentioned it before and, uh, I think it's an amazing f- performance, uh, which was, um, Tom Cruise and collateral. So, okay. um, Tom Cruise and collateral definitely call back to our Tom's episode, uh, that famous Tom's the, that's right. The, the, the two Tom's <laughs> mm-hmm. and, uh, Tom Cruise, uh, just, you know, he's always playing that kind of, you know, 
hero type and but he he is straight up badass killer bad guy in this movie and is absolutely amazing at it and um one movie that i saw recently that i kind of wanted to talk about because i've, I've started i'm gonna do uh I, you know, i'm always working on different ideas for things that you know want to watch and like trying to complete or watch like the entire filmography of a certain actor or director or whatever uh but i've, I've recently uh got on a woody allen kick and um I, I watched What's New Pussycat for the first time, which is the first movie that he wrote based off of the same play that he wrote as well. And uh, it's got Peter Sellers and um, Ursula Andress. And it's it's like your typical 1960s sex romp mm-hmm. without any sex. Right. You know, it's just like, oh, everybody's having sex, but you don't actually see any sex right. uh, versus, you know, because it's still the 60s and you can't show those things on film, um, at least not until the end of the 60s. <clears throat> But um, Peter O'Toole plays the main character, okay? And Peter Sellers is the, like this, you know, he's playing one of his wonky, crazy characters who's like a psychiatrist that's totally enamored with sex. Right. And Peter O'Toole is the main character and he's like worried about commitment he you know he wants to get married to this girl because he loves her but then he's also like a ladies man all right, right. and so peter sellers as the psychiatrist is like trying to cure him and then it's basically just them running around uh england doing crazy sex things right. uh, <laughs> but you're looking at, like this movie came out maybe a couple years after lawrence of arabia uh-huh. and so like this was this thing very like, different se- yeah, yeah like segue segue right into i was like i'm like how is it that peter o'toole got nominated for freaking lawrence of arabia and then like two years later is making a sex comedy <laughs> with Peter Peter Sellers and Woody Allen, Woody Allen yeah. and uh, Woody Allen is in it for a few scenes, and he's playing the typical Woody Allen nervous Jew character. Uh, but you know, it, it was not a very good movie. Mm-hmm. But that was one of those things where I was like, "Huh, Peter O'Toole, all right, you, you can play this this kind of weird, uh, like sleazy role uh, versus like the the high drama that you tend to associate with Peter O'Toole." So. Uh, that was those were my two honorable mentions there. I don't know if you had any. Yeah, I have two as well. Okay. Uh, right. One one um, is Jamie Lee Curtis in a fish called Wanda. Ooh, good. Call. I didn't put her on my main list because I'm wondering if I've missed something about her career. But I think she wasn't very well known for comedic roles up until no, that up point. to that point. I think it was. Uh, had, had had trading places come out yet before? Fish yeah, I don't. Wanda? I don't remember. That, that would be the only thing. But even then, she was more like tough as nails smoking hot prostitute right <laughs> yeah trading places Ooh, but she look out. that the fish call one is a very funny film and hilarious really movie in it um so that that's that's one that she kind of broke against type i think and uh the other one was jamie fox and i don't have a specific instance of that but more so i just want to bring up the fact that jamie fox is known for his comedic roles because he's hilarious right and uh he also is just so talented in in the dramatic roles that he's gotten over the years and obviously yep. from his you know he's won an oscar for it Mm-hmm. Right, so, yep. Um, I think I nominated more than once, right? Uh, he got nominated in the same year for Ray and Collateral. Yeah, he did, didn't yep. he? Yep. Yep. And I think I think that was the year. That was like the, mm-hmm. the the turning point where you know it's like okay, Jamie Fox and Booty Call. So no, that's a good one. I like that. Both of those uh, trading places came out before Fish Called Wanda, mm-hmm. um, but I would definitely say that she. I mean. Jamie Lee Curtis is versatile and she's lovely and wonderful. And I, I love Jamie Lee Curtis. I'm really hoping that maybe when they film that new uh, Halloween movie in town, that maybe I'll get to meet Jamie Lee Curtis. That'd be really <laughs> yeah, cool. Be- uh, I, just, just to be like, Hey, I'm a big fan. You know, that'd be cool. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, that, that uh, fish called Wanda's man, that, that's probably top 10 comedy 
for me. It's great. It's a really good. I need to watch it again because that's a little hazy in some parts. Yeah. For Has me, Jackie memory, seen it? But I don't think so. so well, there, there's a perfect, really perfect, like it, perfect yeah. opportunity right there. Yeah. Uh, I love John Cleese. Um, I'm actually reading his uh, biography right now. Oh, really? Or his autobiography, I should say, because he wrote yeah. it. So, uh, But yeah, no, those are both good. I like those. <clears throat> cool. All right, you want to start yours with yeah. number five? My number five is um, has we brought this up before. This is funny that we were referencing other other episodes, but um, also on our Tom's podcast, uh, Tom Hanks in Road to Perdition. Okay, is my number five. All right, um, he he still plays a likable character. He's mm-hmm. he's likable, but he's very uh, you know ethically conflicted in a way that that Tom Cruise Tom Hanks's characters usually are not. Right. So and and we mentioned this on the 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 Tom's episode I uh, brought up Road to Perdition I think was one of my top five it was. for yep. for his roles. Yep. And that's because it, it, yeah it, it it just shows how good of an actor he is because he you know it's just I don't know just very <laughs> morally kind of corrupt character right. that also has he does have the tom hanks heart of gold still, he does but, he does um a lot of probably like, had it as a younger man but then just got it beaten out of him yeah by living it's, the life it's that kind he's of had. like seeing tom hanks is it's like seeing a character from one of tom hanks's other films if he went down a darker path right i guess right and the film is just really i keep thinking like about it broke up with him in splash yeah right yeah <laughs> just and, became you know, a hitman on, for the mob yeah, yeah. um <laughs> But I keep thinking about that movie because I forgot about it forever until That's we did a great that. Movie. That and I, I need to go back to it. I also would like to read the graphic novel that's based on. I, I, yeah, I haven't read that either. I've, I've heard yeah, good things. Not a lot of people know that it's. I, I did not know it was based on a graphic novel until you know I had seen the movie. Or right, right. Yeah, so that's my number five. Okay, right on. Thanks. Um, yeah, I, I thought about uh, Tom Cruise or Tom Hanks. Man, Tom I Hanks. Yeah, yeah, I know. So. <laughs> uh, I thought about that, and that, that was one. But I figured, well, we've already talked about it. But you know, I I, I, I consider. It. it was it was definitely on there. Um, my number five is uh, is going to be Charlize Theron in Monster because I think up to that point in her career she was just kind of known as like the blonde, the hot blonde uh, in in most of everything that she oh, had yeah. done. And so you know playing Eileen Warnos and that was a movie I saw. I mean I saw it for the first time maybe about a year ago. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean she is just you watch that movie and you're like, Oh my gosh, like you, you don't even recognize her because mm-hmm. she just transforms herself into that character and, uh, rightfully deserving of her Oscar win and nomination and all that. And, um, she's fantastic in the role, but I mean, up to that point, you're looking at like, you know, this is, this is like, I think up to that point, every movie that she'd been in, she'd been naked and, or had just been like the, the blonde girlfriend or the blonde, the, the, the femme fatale or, you know, some one of those kind of characters where right. like, that was just what she did. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, you know she was kind of like uh, pushed into that typecast right, role exactly. of that, that character. And yep. this is the role <laughs> like really- uh, two days in the Valley reindeer games, mm-hmm. which, you know, I have a special place in my heart for reindeer games. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like I one of those, it, it's one of those awful, horrible movies, but yeah. it's, it's like Ben Affleck had a whole slew of those there in the late two in late nineties, early two thousands. Uh, but th- those were the kind of roles that she was playing. And, um, like, devil's advocate she was like the wife of keanu Mm -hmm. reeves and you know just like was naked like all those movies and then you know this was in a lot of ways almost like not only is she changing who she is as an actress but it's also she's like look i can i can do this and i can win these things and i can do this stuff without having to 
be sexual and without having mm-hmm. to you know rely on my looks and, yeah yeah exactly so yeah. i mean it really showed off her acting chops and uh i, I that's my number five yeah we w- probably wouldn't have gotten furiosa um no without her playing eileen warmus so, I, I agree uh, i agree furiosa is a great character too like, mm-hmm. that, that movie's great too and and atomic blonde i don't know if you've seen I'm atomic not, blonde but Man, I need to see it, yeah. is, that movie Probably kicks a lot of ass yeah, yeah. Cool. Also based off of a graphic novel. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not monster though. That, that's horrible. That is a real life serial killer. True, yeah, <laughs> true crime. All right, my number four is uh, from a PT Anderson film, Punch Drunk Love, and it's oh. uh, Adam Sandler's uh, character in that. Which I can't. I need to should have done my research and seen what the name of the character is. His name is Barry Egan. Barry Egan. Okay. Um, Punch Drunk Love. I love P.T. Anderson films or like, you know, Boogie Nights, one of my favorite all-time yep. films. Yep. Um, there Will Be Blood, obviously amazing. Fantastic. Um, and Adam Sandler, you know, obviously, uh, Adam Sandler has done other serious things since this. Correct. Um, particularly Rain Over Me and really in Funny People, he's a serious... He's a serious... Mm-hmm. It's a serious role for too bad him, too. That movie, too bad that movie was awful. Man, I... And it had potential. No, nah, the first half of that movie is fantastic. And then the second I'll half of that. that movie is I'll give you that. very bad. So it evens out to being like the part where, like, once they sleep together, then it just starts to go downhill. It just, the, the, they didn't need the ex boyfriend coming into the situation right. and stuff. Like, yeah. just the, it, you know, comedian dying of cancer, dealing with the aftermath of him being an asshole to everybody in his community right. is enough for a story. Yep. It's like very mm-hmm. interesting. And that's, what's interesting is these, these comedians interacting with each other and right. being like, and also the reflections on fame and stuff. And then it goes in this other place. It's like, why are you dealing with this ex-girlfriend and right. you know, all these people and stuff. But anyway, that's beside the point. We're talking about punch drunk love. Yep. He plays this character up until this point. Adam Sandler's characters were very stupid and confident. Yes. Uh, and also comedic, obviously, mm-hmm. but more so just confident and uh, not uh, sensitive, not uh, fragile in any way. Right. And this character in Punch Truck Love is so fragile. Oh, yeah. He's so on the knife's edge and um, brooding and angry and all these things and, and also hard to read. You don't really know where he's going a lot of times. You're like... And he also has this kind of like controlled, just like the rage is there. Mm-hmm. He's constantly trying to like push the rage push down. Push the rage so down, it, yeah. And, and he's and he's getting just dumped on by the world in so many ways. Everything, everything bad happens in like the week. But then also there's this like sweet, tender relationship that builds mm-hmm. uh, because of what he has with... Uh, who's the actress? Um Oh, it's uh, Emily Watson. Emily Watson. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. She plays. Who's great in Chernobyl, by the way. Um, yes. Yeah. 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 Fantastic. <laughs> We've spent a whole podcast just talking about the awesomeness of Chernobyl. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, it, it, it is like it's a sweet love story in the midst of this like batshit crazy stuff going on and this horrible things happening to him. And uh, one of the great flip out scenes in any movie ever. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He just is done with it. He's yep. he's he's over it. Mm hmm. And it's uh, it could have gone in this really to this really dark place, uh, and it does go to dark places, but it doesn't go like over the edge. It yeah, it doesn't like, go like Requiem for a Dream dark. Yeah, it's still <laughs> like you still feel good about it in the end, right? But in in this, as much as you can. But it, what a great acting performance! He 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 did a really good job in that. He did and an amazing it, job. It shows that he's just a talented person, mm-hmm. and he chooses to, you know, f- just 
do make, dick jokes all the time. Yeah. But like that's make what he Jack wants to Jill. do. <laughs> Apparently, P.T. Anderson is a very big fan of Adam Sandler films. Oh, okay. So he like has gone on record that that's why he wanted to work with him is that he's like loves his. Well, I mean, that's stuff, easily so. one of Adam Sandler's best roles. Oh yeah, great. And, and you yeah. and I both. I mean, like I love Happy Gilmore. You love Billy Madison. I do. It's yeah. one of your top ten mm-hmm. movies. I, I mean, did, like it's yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah. I, I, I love I love stupid, stupid stupid Adam Sandler. Yeah. All right. Um, and this was just such a change. It was. I remember. Like, I remember going to see that in theaters. I yeah. went to go see Punch Drunk Love because this was, would have been like two thousand, maybe two thousand one, maybe something somewhere like, in there that. like that. So yeah. we're and, like starting to get the beginning of the real shitty. Adam Sandler, Adam Sandler yeah, period, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. or, or already into that shitty period, and then for him to come and do this role, and you know he's not he's funny in it in some ways, but he's not trying to be funny, and yep. like he's not working to be funny as a comedian in it or anything like that, and uh, it's just a really good some I, great some great side characters in that movie, Luis Anderson or uh, Luis, uh, oh man, the Hispanic guy, um, Luis Gomez, is that it from Boogie Nights? Oh yeah. Um, um, he plays. Yeah, that's he's in it. But yeah, he's great. He's great. Now and uh, and and then that was also the movie that truly showed me who, um, Philip Seymour Hoffman could be as an actor. Yeah, because there he's not in it a whole lot, but he has a couple of scenes mm-hmm. where it is just you're like, oh my gosh, this yeah. guy. Because I mean, I remember seeing Boogie Nights and and things like that, and then I saw this, and I was just like, oh my gosh, whoa! Like he totally, totally blew me away with his performance uh, in in the just the couple scenes that he had, and uh, is the like backdoor dealer of like a sleazy furniture business and mm-hmm. uh, all that kind of stuff. But Philip Seymour Hoffman, fantastic role in that movie. The movie feels like a Coen Brothers movie to me in a lot of ways. It, it, it has, has it has aspects of it has like aspects these, of that it, it, especially with the weird side characters right. and um, they're weird with no explanation mm-hmm. and they just mm-hmm. kind of like people come in and out of the story in a way that's like sort of random but it it has the, the characters, but it doesn't have the writing. Yeah, I feel exactly. like like the writing isn't there, but mm-hmm. that's not taking anything anything away from P.T. Anderson. Um, that's that's just like a different style. It's just his has. quirkiest film, yep. really. Yep. So, yep. Um, but I, I like it. It's a great movie. Yeah. <clears throat> cool. Yeah, man. Good choice. Um, my number four is uh, is going to be uh, Leslie Nielsen in Airplane. <laughs> okay, um, I saw that on a lot of the lists. And, um, and you know, I was going, I was doing some research and stuff like that because I mean, largely up to that point, you're looking at like uh, he was the the captain of the ship for the Poseidon Adventure. Uh, he was the like the head. Yeah. Uh, he was like the captain of, of the mission in Forbidden Planet. Mm-hmm. If you've ever seen oh, Forbidden yeah. Planet, uh, very young, young very young, young Leslie Nielsen in yeah, that. That's I and love that so movie. he, I, such a great movie. Yeah. And um, so he had pretty much a, a, a pedigree of serious acting roles and he plays it as the straight man in this movie. I mean, yeah. like, doesn't crack a smile, doesn't do anything that would give it away that he's this comedic greatness. <laughs> yeah. uh, but then you look at like airplane, if, if, if airplane hadn't happened like it did, then we wouldn't have the naked gun movies mm-hmm. and all three of those as much as they shit on two and three i love all three of the naked gun movies and leslie nielsen truly is the guy that brings all of that together and right. uh, is absolutely amazing comedic performer his timing is perfect yeah and it's just, just the, the delivery timing. the delivery of lines and um and and still to this day uh i, w- I will randomly just pop I'm a, I'm a high school teacher for those of you that might not know and i will just randomly pop my head in uh to friends of mine that are teaching and i'll just like i want to let you know we're all counting on you 
<laughs> and good luck. And then I just step out and because he does that like two or three times in the movie and it just I love airplane like, in general. Mr. Collis is weird. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather be like the wild card. Like, you know, like people have no idea who I am and, uh, and, and just kind of, you know, be like, man, you gotta stay on our toes with this guy, you know? Yeah. Um, I see, I, 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 he's not on my list because I was not exposed to any of his serious roles until after I was well ingrained with him. Oh yeah. No, no. I mean, like I, 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 so. I didn't watch any of his serious stuff, but then you're looking at like, I did love the Poseidon Adventure as a kid, though, but that was after I think Naked Gun had already right. come out. Right. Probably um, it, Naked Gun probably came out in the mid eighties. So uh, the first one came. Maybe? First one came out in like eighty seven, something, yeah, like, something that. like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, for sure, uh, Leslie Nielsen, R.I.P. Uh, Spy Hard, also <laughs> yeah. a, a personal favorite. <laughs> just the amazing. Uh, his films are just a masterclass on comedic timing. They really are, and, and I feel like he doesn't get enough credit. Like you don't have, you don't see modern comedians reference him that no, much. Um, no, but maybe because he didn't do stand up or anything. But um, he's yeah. just such a such a funny. And how much I, I, it's got to be him though, because I mean, like the writing can only take you so far, and then for him to just really be and just go whole hog into like, I mean, like it's like, okay, you here, you are, you're the serious actor, you know, you're trying to be a serious actor your whole life. And then you're going to come in here and do these stupid comedy movies. All right. Yeah. And, and, you know, like to be like, all right, we want you to pretend and just butcher the national anthem, you know, mm-hmm. and like, and, and be this opera singer who's just going to butcher it. And then like, yeah. And, and still to the, to like my, my dad and I will just like randomly, like we'll see a guy on the sidewalk and we'll be like, it's Enrico Palazzo, you know, just <laughs> yeah. so, you know, we just like the, the the formative years of him and doing those movies uh but definitely against type he was not known for those things right. uh when he did airplane and that's what made well him too and like you look at like peter graves in airplane mm-hmm. and playing captain over uh you know it's just like both of those guys everybody and then you know, like the probably the one that blew everybody away was um uh, the actress that played June Cleaver in uh, in Leave It to Beaver, uh, back Florence in the, Henderson, Florence, and, 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 no. Uh, no, 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 that was the Brady Bunch. Um, yeah, you're right. But she's the one speaking jive oh, to, yeah, to the yeah, to the yeah, guy yeah, speaking yeah, jive yeah, on the yeah, airplane. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like they had all these serious actors who had been mm-hmm. like these, you know, like people had grown up with them and who knew who they were and stuff. And then they're just playing against type, and that was that was awesome to me. Yeah, <clears throat> and a much funnier movie once you know those things about the movie. Yeah. Uh, because choice. it just it makes it that much better. <clears throat> All right. So we're up to number three now. Yep. yep. Number th- My number three, um, and this, this actor obviously went on to do more roles of this ilk uh, throughout his career, I think. Well, I guess some arguments can be made for Dead Poet Society, but I'm going to say uh, Robin Williams in One Hour Photo, and okay. I'm going to pull a Brian and also add Insomnia in that too, because okay. they came out All around right. the same time, right, I think. Right around the same time, yep. Robin Williams plays this uh, twisted... In both films, he plays these twisted uh, villains, really, mm-hmm. that are uh, really fucked up. <laughs> yeah, like super <laughs> fucked up. Really... Um, Insomnia is a great film that I always forget about um, until it, I see it on HBO or something. Yeah, because it, it's like the lost Christopher Nolan film. Yeah, that's true. But it, it's a good movie. It is a good it's movie. Like a, it's a nice thriller. Like, it is. Really, really isn't well it, done. It's and, based off of a foreign film, though, isn't it? It probably is. Probably, yeah. you know, I think I, th- all, I all the good see ones that. are. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, but he, he <clears throat> Robin Williams is the villain in that. And he is he's dark and twisted in it. Um, and then in One Hour Photo, he's this... If you haven't seen it, spoiler alert, he's this photo developer, you know, yeah. he works at the one hour photo and he talk about movies they couldn't make anymore. 
Right. Yeah. You know, like, nobody, yeah, gets nobody, goes, to, nobody goes to the Photoshop but anymore. He, yeah. He, um, in that that role he's this he makes this connection with the family through fantasizing about their life by developing their their photos right and he makes double prints of of all he takes photos photos of them home and it's such a great conceit for a movie very creepy and also sort of um sort of ahead of its time as far as like a lot of like stalker behavior wasn't defined then i guess i mm-hmm. want to say mm-hmm. like and now it's like part of our culture of like I mean, oh, yeah, it's a horrible thing every, everybody's like, like true crime in it and you know it's like this whole, right it's a whole thing where it's like you know you're looking at this movie was made before that whole kind of genesis that's a good of, way to yeah. put it like this this fan this uh you know attraction to true crime shows and stuff right. like that was not not as big uh the market for it was not as big or whatever and um he he's just really good in it and it's well done and it's very creepy and he's this sort of you know ethically challenged dude that yep. uh makes some really bad decisions and you wouldn't think of it from robin williams because he's such a like likable you know yeah i mean I, I would say that like most of the roles even like his dramatic roles that he had played up to that point that were, was the point i was trying to get right. at when i fumbled my intro to this because that he's done he did dead poet society at this point well he had done dead poet um, society he had Good done Hunting. goodwill hunting he had done uh, awakenings uh, was another one that he had done in the 90s and, uh yeah yeah um, so he, he uh, fisher king was another one that yes, was you know kind of yeah. kind of in the same way so he had shown <laughs> he could play dramatic roles but this right. is like him as the bad guy the bad guy yeah, yeah. Like the baddest of the bad guys yep um and you know that was know. uh it's also my number three so uh we're we're right there on the on the same page uh okay with robin gotcha. williams here so and he, my- and he also went on to do um he was in world's greatest dad right is that the yeah Bob man that Cat? was who bobcat goldthwaite and so that's it, 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 he's not as much of a villain in that but he's very dark and very dark and, well that movie's very dark too yeah um, but he, he he makes some ethically challenged choices in that that is not right. rob robin was not known mm-hmm. for being that sort of dude yeah yeah, yeah. um, um I, I saw that one time and it was like i i was i have not seen it but it, i i saw it I once know the premise <clears throat> of it i saw it once and it was definitely not what i was expecting mm-hmm. you know the trailer didn't sell it as what it was mm-hmm. um and it was it was definitely one of those where you're like Ooh, like wow that, yeah. that, that got real real quick real yeah. quick and um you know it's it's uh it's it's definitely about loss and and things like that but uh robin williams plays a pretty pretty solid role in it uh the movie is kind of hit or miss in certain areas but for the most part uh it's it's, it's bobcat good. goldwaith <laughs> joint yeah, he, yeah, he wrote, yeah, directed, directed it, it, wrote and directed right, it. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And uh, I'm not going to do my Bobcat Goldthwait. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, please don't. No, no, no that would like send Save Mike for our into police the academy, or we rank the police academy uh, movies. <laughs> uh, the only one we're seeing is one, <laughs> and maybe two, yeah. maybe two if you're feeling fancy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, that was uh, number three. So we um, that is number three. Yeah, yeah. Sai, uh, right? That was his name. Sai. And yes. uh, I, I just like the 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 one thing I remember about that movie and i've got it it's in the it's in the stacks here uh but like the where he's just like the whole wall in his house is that photo gallery of these of this one family mm-hmm. and uh knows everything about their lives and it kind of goes back to um it's funny my mom uh when i was growing up in high school i got into you know like 
Thomas Harris and Hannibal Lecter. And, you know, I read Red Dragon and read Silence of the Lambs and all that kind of stuff. My mom said when she read Red Dragon, when Red Dragon came out, I think it came out in the late 70s, early 80s, somewhere in there. <laughs> and uh, it's kind of the same sort of deal. Like the serial killer picks the families based on uh, videos that they film and mm-hmm. they send off. And uh, and she was like, she's like, I didn't I, I, I didn't put our address. I didn't put our right address on those photos for, for, for years after I read that book. And I was like, well, and then she won't even watch one hour photo I, yeah. after I told her what the premise was. And she was like, she Nope, was like, nah. Nope. Not watching that movie. And, uh, and she's like, why is Robin Williams got to be so serious? I, I just like him when he's funny. You know? So, uh, anyway, that was, uh, my mom. Good, good story about my mom. There. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't, uh, don't come murder my mom, uh, because of her photos. I remember, I remember going to Sam, all the time and go into that little photo lab that they would have in Sam's and, yeah. wait, and my mom would be like flipping through photos and be like, no, no, this isn't a good print. Not a good print. Not a good print. <laughs> yeah. I remember going through all, like all the time as a kid going up yeah. there. <clears throat> but yeah, super creepy uh, for sure about uh, Cy Hoffman, I think. Yeah. Was something, was his yeah name. Sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was my number three as well. So that, that kind of joined nicely and um Go ahead, roll with your number two. What do you got? My number two uh, is uh, Tom Cruise from Collateral. You mentioned it already. Okay. It's one All of right. the honorable mentions, right? right? And um, from the Michael Mann film, mm-hmm. um, Michael Mann directed Collateral. And it's, uh, you know, Tom Cruise is always the hero always. in everything. Even mm-hmm. when he's he's played flawed characters before this. Right. But he's always the hero. And this was the first time that he was the villain. Uh, and and he's he's a villain in a way that like he's still likable. He's oh, charismatic. Yeah. He's very charismatic. And he's not some uh, just purely evil person. He's just a guy with a, a, a morally corrupt job. He right. plays this hitman. And it's like if Joel from risky business grew up <laughs> became a hitman. and became a yeah. hitman. Yeah. yeah, it is. <laughs> um, so he's like morally compromised, but he's, um, sort of numb to it yeah. and it doesn't affect him in the way. And it does affect Jamie Foxx who he plays off of. Right. Cause Jamie Foxx, Jamie Foxx is always is like the, the conscience, the conscience of, of the film. Of the film yeah. And, and Jamie Foxx plays this cat, you know, cab driver that has to drive this hitman around, um, all night. And it's just a great, it's a very, um, classic, style film i feel like i right. feel like it's something that i feel like that film couldn't be made in the um the, the you know the 60s or something like yeah mm-hmm. it has that sort yeah, of feel yeah. it's just two guys in a car driving around doing this thing yeah and um it's just great it's With like gene really hackman amazing. i feel like yeah gene, like, ha- like, yeah, like, gene hackman, gene, gene hackman yeah. could have mm-hmm. been could have been the tom cruise character yeah for sure yeah uh, mm-hmm. you could see it it's like late 60s early 70s something like that like and tony, tony curtis was yeah. the cab driver yeah exactly <laughs> gritty like driving around san francisco or something yeah. mm-hmm. and which i don't know where is it in la i think it's, it's la because michael Atlanta, mann's movies are always la they are yeah um la's like a character in his movies mm-hmm. but uh tom cruise just plays like and he's great in the role and he's uh got gray hair for the first time yeah. like ever yeah. in a film mm-hmm. like they let him look you know he doesn't look super old or anything but he's like it, it makes his character more sinister that he's oh, got this sure. gray hair and um yeah there's this sort of wickedness about him that you mm-hmm. just get from that but he's a badass too. and he's a badass i and, mean like there's that one club scene where they go into that nightclub and he just murders everybody yeah he does yeah and jamie fox is just reacting the whole time yeah and got nominated for it <laughs> yeah true did tom cruise get nominated as well i don't think so really i don't think he did well he's very good in it and it's it is it is a very much a departure from his other roles for sure and yep 
Um, I, I love how calm and collected watching. he is, and I feel like that's just kind of Tom Cruise in general. Where, yeah, like he's he's playing himself. He always plays degrees of himself for sure. And everything, and uh, but I feel like this is like this this might be like the real Tom Cruise that we're looking at right now. You know, <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not going to say too much about that because I don't with want the Tom white Cruise hair. to come with the white house, hair and, and yeah. you know, he he could totally dies it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. That's a, that's a good choice. Uh, Collateral definitely uh, much love film on this podcast, and uh, uh, one that gets overlooked too. I think like a lot of people have yep. forgotten that film and you know it's a shame too because michael mann's a great technical director um he he directs a lot of very well crafted movies um from a from a technical aspect of things but like in popular culture nobody knows of michael yeah. man yeah. like in general like if you ask somebody like if you've yeah. seen heat you're like yeah i know, I know heat but like you don't know right. that michael man directed for, it. he's known as be known as the heat guy but he's yeah. so much deeper than that um mm-hmm. the his version of red dragon what's it manhunter is manhunter's that, way which is the, the yeah. first time that uh that the hannibal lecture story was put on film yep. Yep. it's it is red dragon it's just you know the original filming of it and yeah i don't think they could get later, the rights i don't think they could get the rights to the name the name it, okay yeah. but it's it is that is what it is and it's the guy from um the guy from william peterson csi yeah <laughs> william peterson from csi and brian cox yeah brian from, cox plays yeah, he plays hannibal lecter, hannibal lecter and mm-hmm. it's it's a great the 80s thriller mm-hmm. um it's very like like almost like that tech noir uh-huh. uh 80s vibe to it yeah it, it, michael mann like all of michael mann's films were kind of like neon noir is mm-hmm. how I would describe mm-hmm. them. It's got this. Did he do uh, To Live and Die in L.A.? Did he do that one too? Mm-hmm. I, I do not know. I'm not familiar with that movie. I, I think I that was also William Peterson. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But Michael but I don't know if that was a director that should should get more. Oh, no. That was William Friedkin. Right. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. No, I knew William, uh, William Peterson. That's right. All right. Um, yeah. Shout out Michael Mann. Um, please give us, us. Yeah. Give us more movies. Yeah. Uh, my number two. My number two is um, Adam Sandler from Punch Drunk Love. All right. Yep, there we go. Yep. And uh, yep. Solid choice. And uh, Adam Sandler, you know, like grew up watching Adam Sandler. Yeah. I remember I remember it was a big, a big deal. Like when my mom was like, yeah, you can rent Adam Sandler movies now. Like that was that was a <laughs> yeah. thing. And I was just like, yes, let's go. And uh, definitely Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison defining childhood adolescent humor for me uh along with naked gun movies and other things like that but uh yeah there's just this uns and yeah you know it's like the rage always seems to come out in some of adam sandler's characters mm-hmm. whether i mean you look at like billy madison or happy gilmore or the water boy or whatever you want to look at and there's always that underlying rage but i mean it's in in punch Drunk love it's almost like okay this is a real person like this is a yeah like this is a real circumstance in which these things could be happening yeah he's not a character um <laughs> No, and Which, uh, you know his other his comedic roles are characters. They're meant to be oh, like for sure. ridiculous person that would not really exist. Those those people don't exist in life. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, the his character in uh, in Barry is uh, is just super quiet and reserved and he's just like just let me do my thing and i think something else I, i've never had siblings uh i'm an only child but uh you know he's got what like eight sisters in that movie <laughs> yeah. and and i you know you that I, I know people who have a lot of siblings like that and uh or like they're the one guy in a family of women yeah <clears throat> or like the one girl in a family of guys mm-hmm. and it, like it definitely like they are they are a different kind of breed with uh with people that have grown up in families like that yeah. and, and 
<laughs> everything wears on this guy. Like yeah. everything is just bearing down on this dude for this whole film. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, and he and he's a sensitive guy. I mean, he's like I don't know if it's like if you would say that maybe he had describe the characters maybe he's has autism or like i i would say he's probably on the spectrum somewhere he's he, he seems like he's on the spectrum it's not really a plot point of the right, thing but it's right. like part of his character and um he definitely has a hard time interacting with the and world. it might just be like he's really shy or he's just kind of you know withdrawn and you know there's because i mean I, I i there's people like that that you know i mm-hmm. i you know have all the time and I interact with and stuff as students where it's just like, Hey, I get it, man. Like you don't want to talk, you don't want to answer questions, but you're learning, you're, you're doing your Mm -hmm. thing. And, and I got no problem with you just sitting there and taking it all in, you know? Um, so with that too, it's just like, Hey, I get it. Uh, and, and that character, the movie itself is excellent, but then the character just really, uh, was something different for Adam Sandler. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Good choice. Yeah. Well, my number one uh, was not my number one until I thought about it for a while. And I was like, you know what? That was a really big deal. Uh, my number one is Michael Keaton and Batman. Oh, okay. All right. Because up until that point, Michael Keaton was known for critically acclaimed comedies where like he Mr. was Mom. the wacky dude. Yeah, the wacky <laughs> dude who like... And Beetlejuice too, you know. Johnny um, Dangerously. Yeah. He's just kind of this schlubby dude, mm-hmm. uh, comedian. And... I. I, Brian, you probably were too young, but like when he got named as Batman, the comic book. Oh, dudes, I bet the fanboys. The fanboys lost their fucking minds. Yeah. Like they went wild over it because it was like it was as if like Bill Burr got cast as yeah. as Batman. Yeah. Like you know, like there's some comedian. Yeah. Like, and and he's also like not known as some. Michael Keaton's never been known as some like handsome bodybuilder. No. You know. No. Like he so and. He, so people were just ready to just hate that film. And, you know, I'm sure there was also still a lot of backlash after it came out, but it seems like it was pretty well regarded um, right. in general. And like people were surprised at how good Michael Keaton was. I mean, you want to get nuts. Let's get nuts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he is, he remains the best Batman, right? Like, I mean, other than the, um, I, the animated. Uh, uh, yeah. Batman, Kevin but, Conroy. Kevin yeah. Conroy, probably the best Batman ever. Uh, you just, don't think that Michael Keaton's the best Batman? You think Christian Bale's better? No okay, way. Okay, look. Like, I'm, 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 uh, I'm seriously divided. Christian Bale voice. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm seriously divided where I feel like I like Michael Keaton's Batman, but his Bruce Wayne is terrible. You like, think it's terrible? I don't, what? I don't, I don't. Like, to me, he does not. He doesn't. He, he's, he's, he does not embody what i think of as bruce wayne i think he's like the the aloof millionaire that like is brooding and i mean but i'm also not saying that christian bale is better right because he's not because he's not but to me like michael keaton is half of batman i don't know i think you're I, 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 I might be in the I minority be here. Surprised no, 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 point, no, no, no. I, I mean, he's I, the best. I, it's definitely not George Clooney. Okay, definitely not. No. And and you know, what about Val Kilmer. Though? Val Kilmer. I mean, like shitty movie. <laughs> not not the worst Batman. <laughs> yeah. Not the worst Batman no, by not far. At all. I actually um, like that film. All right, because I I think it was because of my age when I saw it. Right. But, um, I also really liked the soundtrack. I remember I went to go. We were we were down in Nags Head, North Carolina, uh, like Kitty Hawk, and that's when. 
they had like four different theaters down there and we went to the one that was like closest to our house mm-hmm. uh that we were staying in that week because we all went down as a family and stayed at the beach and yeah. batman forever came out and i was like i bet i was like please let's go see batman forever and we went and i loved it yeah i had the best time yeah. and my mom was like that is the loudest movie i've ever been in my <laughs> life <laughs> too loud yeah yeah and i mean like the walls were shaking yeah. that it was so loud uh and like one of those little podunk theaters down there at the right. beach but <clears throat> No, it was, uh, I, I, don't get me wrong. I love Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton is let him play in movies all day. All right. Uh, but to me, he just does not embody the other half of Batman. Like he is Batman. Now, like, like the whole neighbors argument, like, do you ever see neighbors with, uh, yeah. Seth Rogen mm-hmm. and Zach, uh, Zach Efron? Um, and like, and they're debating like Keaton and it's like, I'm Batman, you know, yeah. it's like, I'm Batman. Like, like yeah. I, I hate Christian Bale's Batman voice. It is so yeah, horrible. It's so, uh... But, but I feel like Christian Bale did a really good job of like, the tra- he he was the physical embodiment of like somebody that would be like Batman, mm-hmm. you know, and like he definitely got muscled up for that, right? Uh, whereas Michael Keaton definitely did not exude uh manliness in that regard, mm-hmm. all right. But I definitely like both Michael Keaton Batman movies, uh, I like him as Batman in both of them, and he does have a little bit of that comic humor yeah a little bit of it yeah there is there's, and, a, little and bit of that. there's a little bit of that but that's also tim burton you know that's mm-hmm. that's that's the the, the more play, the, the quirkiness and playfulness of yeah. tim burton um but i i i like um i, I like christian oh, i'll say it i like christian bale better as bruce wayne hmm. All right. Well, I guess we're done here. But, nah. <laughs> this podcast is now just, officially canceled. No, nah, I get it. But regardless, the point that I'm making is that it was such a big deal that he got cast. Oh, as absolutely. And it, it, it was a brilliant choice to like do that because and that's it, how I feel about Robert Pattinson about the new as the new Batman. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, no, I, I don't like that casting choice. See, I, I'm all right with it because I'm like, sure. Why not? <sighs> just. Uh, as I, long as he doesn't do the Christian Bale voice, yeah, I'm in. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I, I also just I mean, after Ben Ben Affleck played it, it's like, well, we have we're nothing sacred anymore. So true, true. Let's just do it, and maybe he'll do. And something. I, you know, I, I, know. I didn't hate, I didn't hate those. I, like Justice League was terrible, but Batman versus Superman, I didn't hate it. Yeah, I, my like, buddy Parker rides hard for for that movie, or, or like I, rides like medium medium for it. I, like, I, I, I will ride, bad. I will ride medium for yeah. Batman versus Superman. Yeah, but I'd stand by like okay. Henry Cavill is awesome as Superman, except in Justice League because that whole movie is just yeah dumpster uh, fire i have no desire to see it at all <laughs> don't i had a little bit of desire to see aquaman until everyone told me it was awful yeah like, it's not good yeah jason momoa cannot carry a movie to save his life yeah and i don't know he's not a good I, actor he's not a good actor he's a he's a slice of beefcake yeah and a lot of women love him. game of thrones he was excellent in game of thrones yeah, as but, a secondary character yeah but like imagine if he had been like jorah mormont or mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like yeah like i don't want to watch that dude you know like yeah, he, he can't you. act for shit cannot act at all yeah and he plays it with an aloofness that isn't serious it's stupid yeah you right. know it's just like no man you're supposed to be like the king of the seas mm-hmm. you know and they, they played it that way i mean but it was no aquaman was terrible yeah it was also like a half hour too long and just i was like good lord when's this as is like all the superhero stuff almost i don't know yeah especially the shows 
The show is just no. God. I just keep watching. We're watching Punisher right now. Yeah. And um, we're watching season two. I really love season one. But even with that, and I'm really liking it. I love John Barenthal as the main character. Yep. And that Punisher is my favorite comic book character of all time. And they nailed it. But even even me, I'm like, man, there's 13 episodes of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like we should be wrapping it up about now. And yep. we should be because the way that the arc goes, it should be over 10 episodes, not 13. Not 13. But they got greedy with it. And yep. I think that's why part of the reason that mm-hmm. everything failed. And they, you know. I agree. I don't know. But, you know. All right. My number one, um, you said what well, you said yours, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'm lost. Great Michael Keaton, the great best, Michael Keaton is Batman. That's best right, Bruce Wayne of all time. <laughs> no, Kevin Conroy is the best Bruce Wayne of all time in the animated series and Batman Mask of the Phantasm. I mean, yeah, but I'm not so sure about his Bruce Wayne. <laughs> Easily the best Bruce Wayne, <laughs> the best Bruce Wayne. All right. All right, so my number one, uh, I feel like maybe this is the only non-classic movie or non-modern movie that we have. I mean, Airplane, kind of modern. I don't know. People still watch it. But uh, the one that I that I chose is number one. And just because I think it, at the time, it just really shocked people just for when it came out, the guy that was doing it, all of these. And uh, it's just kind of uh, even still, like, I don't think he did anything similar to it after. Uh, and that was um, Henry Fonda in uh, Once Upon a Time in the West. Yeah, that th- in all the research I did, that came up as number one in almost everybody's list. Um, and so. it is it is an absolutely great movie. One of Leone's underrated films. I feel like a lot of people don't know, like they know the Dollar Trilogy, and they might know like Once mm-hmm. Upon a Time in America. Uh, but Once Upon a Time in the West, I feel is better than all that. That, that is my hands down favorite. Uh, Sergio Leone film. Oh, really? Yeah. I have the soundtrack on vinyl. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, the the first scenes of that movie with Charles Bronson waiting on the train and like there's this whole hit squad mm-hmm. that's showing up and I mean, it's, it's like a 10 minute scene and nobody talks and it's just like him playing the harmonica and all this stuff. But then, you know, you go in there and you're meeting all these characters and you're seeing all these things and there's little to no dialogue at all mm-hmm. and you're, you're just learning about who they are through their actions and through what they're doing and then all of a sudden Henry Fonda's character shows up and Everything that Henry Fonda had done up to that point had either been, you know, lighthearted comedy, folksy anti-hero or fo- folksy heroes, not anti-heroes, but like folksy heroes mm-hmm. and, you know, serious dramatic roles. All right. right. So you're looking at like Henry Fonda is, is, you know, up there with like Jimmy Stewart with, yeah. you know, like the, the, the icons of who we should be looking at as cinematic people. Okay. Yeah. Um, where like they they defined old Hollywood, and you look at like some of Henry Fonda's earlier roles, like Young Mister Lincoln, and your you know all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's just he is that guy that embodies Americana, mm-hmm. okay, uh, in that way. And then here he is, just straight up murdering innocent women and children. Uh, he plays uh, Black Frank, okay, yeah. or just Frank yeah. in in the movie, and right. uh, he just oh my god, just sinister. I mean, Leone just captures the eyes. He's very good at those those close up shots yeah. on the eyes and stuff. And I mean, Henry Fonda's expressionless eyes where he's got a very expressive face when he wants to, but those eyes, even when zoomed in, there's just like dead eyes, mm-hmm. especially in that movie. And he absolutely nails every scene that he's in. He's not in the movie a whole lot, but I mean, those first couple scenes that you're, you introduced to his character. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I, I oh, amazing. See, I have not seen that film and I'm also not, uh, well versed in, his career. Right. So uh, that's why I don't have any frame of reference for that, but right. I, I'm excited to watch it now. It's one of the Leone films I've not seen. Man. So yeah, it's, it's definitely worth checking out. 
Have you yeah. got three and a half hours? Is it that long? It's, it's wow. long. So it's an intermission type. Joint. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, watch a little bit, cook yourself some dinner, yeah. come back and come finish back and it. Watch it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, also compared to like, you're looking at like Henry Fonda as a, as an older man, you know, it's like in on golden pond, uh, he's not murdering people. Yeah. So, (laughs) right. Uh, except maybe Catherine Hepburn's sexual desires. (laughs) (laughs) You old poop. (laughs) Cool. Well, I can't argue with that choice even though I haven't seen it, but I've, you know, cause it's like, but I'm excited to watch it. So. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it did show up on like everybody's list that I yeah, saw. Yeah, it's, like it's the, the it, thing that everybody pointed to. It's so. a great movie. Great movie, great role. And uh, Henry Fonda, fantastic actor. actor. Uh, Peter Fonda just recently died as well. Yeah. Um, not as good as Henry, though. Sorry, Peter Fonda. Oh. I like was Peter Fonda movies. Yuli's Gold. Yuli's Gold was yeah. one. And then there was the, um, he did, uh, did you ever see The Limey with. Uh, no. But I, I know of it. And I didn't know he was in that. Steven Soderbergh film. <clears throat> and um, he uh, he's like the bad guy in that movie. Yeah. And uh, plays a real sleazy, just kind of, you know, he's always got those dark sunglasses yeah. on. And I felt I felt like, you know, Easy Rider happened. He put those dark sunglasses yeah. on and everybody <laughs> and was just like, well, that's his yeah. look now. Yeah. And um, speaking of another Fonda, uh, Bridget Fonda, the daughter of Peter Fonda, uh, she she hasn't done anything for no years. and she was she had a real she, hot she a career good, there for a little bit she was like man. The, she was everywhere yeah single white female and uh singles was another one uh-huh yeah and uh I, one of my personal singles. favorites which is like one I, i'd love to do a podcast on just like uh you know best action movies and uh, Kiss of the Dragon. Did you ever see Kiss of the Dragon? No, Jet Li? No, no. Man, she's in that. She's like the the prostitute with uh, the heart of gold kind of thing. And uh, man, I didn't realize she was in that. Yeah, yeah. I think that was like one, one of her, her last last big, roles. One yeah. of her last roles that she did before she. I'm sure uh, she's made some guest starring appearance on some Netflix series or I something. Think she, is she married to Danny Elfman so. now? I want to. I, I want to say that she is. Yeah. And then that comes back full circle to Batman. You know. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we Got we do it, six yeah. degrees uh, in our own minds here um, yeah. with uh, with the film podcast. But well, uh, and now we need to talk about Alien and Star Wars and Raiders of the Lost Ark, and we'll have completed everything to mm-hmm. bring us back yep. to every yep. other episode, every other episode of the podcast. Yep. I'm proud of us for not making those references. Um, yeah. To any of those films. Cause probably the first episode that we haven't talked about Jaws either. So well, we said the title <laughs> of the podcast. So, <laughs> so that's always, a, that's always a Jaws reference no matter what. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, anyway, um, anything else you got? No. Did you um, see anything recently that, that other than it, that blew your socks off? Man, I'm trying to think of some stuff. Oh, did you ever watch, did you watch that American Nightmares movie? I did not. I did you not watch that. I, I'll have to check that out. I'm though. not going to, spoil anything okay. all, right. all right i need you to watch that i, I will watch american nightmares with my girlfriend that was yeah. the one with jason isaacs that you told me about no right. that one's uh that's skeletons skeletons that's the right okay. american nightmares has a uh, danny trejo in it oh that's right yeah yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay and, okay uh the actress that played uhura in star trek i can't remember her name michelle nichols is that her name are you talking about originally or original in, uhura original uhura was yeah. michelle nichols okay you're not talking about Zoe. Oh yeah, no, no, no. It's, uh, it's original. Yeah, yeah. Michelle Nichols Michelle is, Nichols is, is uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, original. Uh, Jay Moore's in it too. Really? Yeah. Haven't seen American her in a while, have you? All right. 
Okay. All right. It's Jay on Moore. HBO. Jay Moore, Jay Moore has the best Christopher Walken impression no, he does, of anybody. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. like anybody he's wants funny. to. He, he's he's a funny guy. I, I enjoy Jay Moore. Yeah. He, uh, Great in Jerry Maguire, too. People forget that role. He's he, so he, had a, he had a solid run there of like playing yeah. those characters in the 90s. Yeah. Um, we should use just a Jay Moore tribute podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like the unsung true. hero roles of Jay Moore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I've, I've got, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start this Woody Allen filmography here soon. And, yeah. Uh, and then I'm going to go see uh, Downton Abbey tonight. Are you really? Yeah, okay. yeah. Well, I never watched a single episode. Of well, so you're missing out, man. Uh, it, it, it swept me up. I could yeah. not, could not get enough of it. And then I loudly the call it downtown Abbey so that my girlfriend gets really mad at me. So, well, like, she can downtown she, Abbey. It's Downton, Joey. Yeah. It's Downton. She corrects me every time. So. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to do that. Uh, going to go out and go, catch that flick and maybe get some dinner after and then maybe some brunch tomorrow with this guy. I know. You know? We're going to do brunch tomorrow. And, you got any ideas? Uh, where we're going? Yeah. I don't know yet. We got we to send know. it out. We got to figure it out. Yeah. I didn't partake last week. I was feeling oh, under yeah, the weather. canceled at the last minute. I did. Yeah. I was all on board and then I woke up and I just felt yeah, shitty. That's all right. It wasn't that great. It happens. Plus we went to. Um, but hey, man. Yeah. When's that Joker movie come out? Oh, that's one we need to go see. Yeah. I want to uh, see that. Not this weekend, but next weekend. I was the, thinking the about fourth, how, the 4th of October. Okay. Oh, wow. So that's soon. Uh, I was thinking about how miserable Halloween's going to be this year because it's just going to be dudes dressed as that Joker. Yeah. And then dudes dressed as Pennywise. And mm-hmm. then the guy that wants to be ironic is going to be the candle. Joker from uh, Dark Knight. I was going to say the guy that wants to be ironic is going to be a can of White Claw. But. <laughs> yeah, true. There's going to be a lot of White Claw. Dude. <laughs> Mainly because yeah. I'm going to be one of them. So. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Sorry, I'm working on this I've already, I've already got my shirt and everything. I'm working yeah. on something. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, everybody. Thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, if this is your first time or your last time, hopefully not. But uh, <laughs> Well, I have one more thing to say. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, my girlfriend had never seen of what we do in the shadows oh great movie and so like it's a td oh i love that guy i, I, I want to see his, day, i want to like, see his new movie uh jojo rabbit yeah i know yeah. I, have heard, you seen his other films the rise of the wilder people yes or whatever, mm-hmm. and, yeah um, i've seen that one but i haven't seen there's another one that way i think this is not i haven't, I haven't, seen, like I haven't that. seen that other one um i want to see everything he does now because he's just so fantastic yeah he's, he's like, got a man, he's got a really good sense of what clicks and what works um yeah and and, and single-handedly saved thor yeah as a as a character (laughs) so funny man he's just hilarious in interviews and stuff but yeah we watched i was like she had never heard of it and i was like yeah it's a real documentary and then like she's like wait a second jermaine clement's in this and then like she she was on board and she loved it it was so funny it's such a uh, watching her watch it it, it's such a great movie to watch with people who haven't seen it because it's it's so many good reactions Uh to just what they do it's like imagine if you've made a sandwich and then someone fucks it, you know, yeah. just like <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It reminds me of what my feelings when I watched the original BBC version of the office, yeah, the okay. same kind of yeah, like, yeah, I was yeah. like, wow, this is brilliant and mm-hmm. like different than, than what I'm used to. And yeah, I, I ride hard uh, for the original office. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah. very unsung 
uh, I think, you know, got a lot of love at the time, but in post yeah, years, kind of been Ricky Gervais yeah. keeps opening his mouth and kind of tarnishing uh, <laughs> yeah, what, what goes on there. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, no, no, I, I, I loved the original office yeah, and I, I so there was good. a time in my life when the American office came on and I was like, this, this show is going to be absolute shit. And I was against it for, I didn't watch it for like, I was like, I'm not watching that. I'm a, the first, the first season fan. was so bad. Yeah, so, so was, bad. But then yeah. man, they really turned it on. Once second they season. got away from the, the, the aping, the yeah. original show, like, yep. you know, copying it, mimicking mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yep. It was good stuff. Cool. All right, man. All right. Well, uh, yeah. So, um, so I got left to talk we about. Go. We're just going to peter out here at the <laughs> end. Uh, you can find me everywhere at DJT Panda. Find me on Twitter. I every once in a while I have a funny joke on there. So, uh, or that I think's funny. So uh, usually you got there. some, you've had some good burns lately. I, I, yeah, you know, I don't know. Your hot I takes, try. your hot takes. I got a good hot take for tomorrow. Oh, okay. Potato rankings. So, all right. Yeah. All right. But, uh, all right. Oh, one more shout out about uh, something I've been watching recently and I got into was uh, Luther. Um, oh, okay. By yeah. on, on Netflix. It's on yeah. Netflix, but it's got uh, Idris Elba and man, have you, have you seen it? No, I haven't. I've heard it's really good. Really good. Yeah. Jackie would like it too because okay. it's, it's like true crime type stuff. Yeah. And, uh, really dark. Really dark, man. Yeah. Um, and it goes down some places. But you can find me uh, on uh, nofelix.com or on BFG Wilmington Trivia. And, um, you know, for the best trivia in Wilmington, North Carolina. Yeah. Certified by, uh, by Olive Garden. Magazine. By, yeah. by Olive Garden. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They also, uh, you know, uh, Olive Garden was nominated for something on that list. Too, so, yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, as always, you're going to need a bigger boat. Got to have that boat. Yeah. Got to, ch- got to chum this shit. Who drives the boat, Brian? Uh, Hooper <laughs> drives the boat, chief. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.